This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Kerry Dixon Show uh, in association with ChelseaFan12.com, the home of the 12th man, the fan, uh, and the fabulous people at uh, ChelseaFan12 do lots of brilliant memorabilia as well as uh, some superb news and videos on their website. Um, the best of which, of course, is the Chopper and Chivs uh, video, which they record after every home game in the Butcher's Hook pub, very famous Chelsea pub, as we all know. Um, and I would urge you to follow them uh, on Twitter, which is at Fan12Chelsea. And there's a very good reason for that. If you if you do follow them already, you'll know that in the last couple of days, possibly with a half an eye on Christmas coming up, but they've been uh, posting loads of tweets about some of the signed uh, memorabilia, you know, like uh, John Terry's boots, signed Hazard shirts, you name it. So go and follow them on Twitter, at Fan12Chelsea, because then you can keep up with what they're... Uh, what what you might be able to buy there uh, in terms of memorabilia. So there you go. Uh, great people, aren't they? And I welcome an, another great person, Chelsea legend Kerry Dixon. How are you, mate? It's been a, been a while, hasn't it, since we had a chat? Has been a while, Dave. Yes, um, glad to be back talking Premier mm. League, Chelsea, and all the rest of it. Um, no matter what you say about the international breaks, it's they are what they are, and we're all going to love the World Cup. And you know, there's one or two incidents come out of the. Uh, international break, of course. You, Italy, the most notable scout that uh, won't be at the World Cup. But uh, nevertheless, I'm glad to be back. And uh, the Premier League is what I enjoy most weekends. Well, absolutely, and I, I, I do. Find, we'll talk. We'll pick it up in a, in a minute, actually, from where we left off, which is the Man United game. But as you mentioned, the the international break, uh, it, it was a, a unusual in in a sense that it was. It seemed a lot more positive about England, uh, not least, of course, because of the Chelsea connection, which was uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek doing so well, certainly in the Germany match. Um, unfortunately, he took a knock in the in the Brazil match. Tammy Abraham, of course, started in the in the match against Germany as well, um, and and it did kind of pose a lot of questions for Chelsea. Um, you know, I think Loftus-Cheek impressed to a great extent there, and of course, a lot of people say, "Well, why have you sent him out on loan?" Um, what did, what did you think about all of that? Um, yeah, it's the right decision to go out on loan. Um, yeah. 
certainly if he's not going to get game, certainly if he's not going to get game time, because you know you can't improve if you're not playing, and you've got to be playing against you know quality players week in week out. Uh, if you're playing for whatever team, you know Tammy Abraham's been out on loan, um, Loftus Cheek uh, been out, and of course there's another one, like Dominic Solanke, of course, who's involved to mm. a degree as a substitute. Um, uh, one stage has, has moved on for a substantial fee. You know, um, I don't know what it all works. I, I, I do believe that if you're not going to get game time as a youngster, you have to go out on loan. How Chelsea view it um, remains to be seen. You know, when you're talking about an England international now at your club loaned out somewhere else, and, you know, we're buying, if you like, people like Danny Drinkwater, and there's no disrespect. I think, he's, you know, we haven't seen enough of him yet. He's done brilliant at Leicester. And, you know, you, we bought Kante, you know, Will Loftus-Cheek go past him? Um, should we have given him game time? Is, is there a place for that? It, once again, it raises all sorts of uh, questions mm. you know, about that policy, but the policy is what it is, and it is that if you're a youngster, you go out on loan. Chelsea would argue, of course, that well, if he didn't go out on loan and he wasn't doing any good, um, he wouldn't be playing for England because he, he wouldn't even be seen for Chelsea. I mean, people might, well, there'll be a counter-argument again, which is where it goes countless. You go around in circles. Is that, you know, he, he's played for... Like, like many Chelsea youngster, England at uh, various ages, 17 right through to perhaps, you know, 23 or whatever. And uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean an awful lot. The beauty of it is for the, the youngsters at the moment is that Gareth Southgate has been involved with uh, England youngsters for a period of time before becoming manager. And he is very well aware of uh, what their capabilities are. So, And he's prepared to give them a chance. So from that, from that aspect, um, you've got to strike while... Uh, while it's hot and uh, it's hot at the moment because if Southgate was to lose his job and someone different were to come in for example a foreign international manager he's not going to be playing the youngsters that's for sure Mm. I I think that's a really uh, you know bang on point about Southgate being the manager because of course he did manage the youth sides so he knows a lot of these players but you know in terms of where Loftus-Cheek is and and what you know questions that poses for Chelsea I, I think it equally poses some questions for England because I mean you know on the one hand yes okay we can see that the youngsters are coming through largely because Southgate's the manager but you know I've been rattling on for years saying that the the quality of international football is nothing like as good as the quality of the top levels of European football Uh, so actually you know it's perhaps easier to get into the England side now than it would be for Loftus-Cheek to break into the Chelsea side because actually he'd face stiffer competition there. So in some ways it says more about England than Chelsea, I think. But uh, bottom line is, Kerry, it was good to see him do well. And I think actually for him it's important because it'll perhaps give him a bit of confidence. And, you know, I think ultimately we'd all love to see him do well at Chelsea, wouldn't we? Not only him, there's there's plenty behind him. Mm, It'll give inspiration to all the others that think, you know, um, perhaps this is a a route. I mean, there isn't no definitive route, if you like, um, as to where you go to reach the top or to reach as far as you're going to go. You just have to take whatever route comes your way. Um, But, you know, not just cheap playing for England. Other people will say, well, we'll play for England and, you know, maybe it'll force Chelsea's hand or or, or whatever. You know, we don't know what what happens, but you're quite right. Um, It's it must have pushed the door open a little bit because if he can play against internationals uh, for England, Chelsea must think he can play against people who aren't internationals in, in the Premier League and uh, he'll be given an opportunity. Um, I, I, I really, I'm not going to double-guess the manager or the, or, or the club or the hierarchy or whatever, whether they give him the opportunity because um, what effectively you're saying is 
Lottetreet comes in and plays in place of Canty. Um, he plays in place of Drinkwater. He plays in place of Fabregas. He, you know, this is what you're saying. Um, yeah. Bakayoko. If you, I, for one, on what I've seen so far, I would have said that he, he could do a job. I, I, and he might be better, I, I, given the opportunity. Based on the England performance and, you know... <sighs> I would say he's got a chance. <clears throat> and if given the opportunity, it's whether Chelsea's managers in their hierarchy are prepared to let him have one or two iffy games, which never usually is the case, um, because youngsters will have you know, one or two iffy games. Um, but if that be the case, he might well go on and be better than all of them. You know, mm. He seems to have a better all-round game. Kante's arguably, um, well, he is a defensive midfield player. Bakayoko, I hope there's more to come, as far as I'm concerned. Um Fabregas is an offensive player, brilliant passer. Defensively, you know, you might argue Loftus-Cheek might give him more. Still got lots of development in him. Um, I think he could go past a lot and be better, given the opportunity. Hmm. Well, we shall see. Um, obviously, time will tell. Uh, interestingly, of course, with Italy getting knocked out of the World Cup, uh, which was, I, I think, you know, I mean, that, that's the, the first time they've not been at a World Cup since 1958, which is quite remarkable. So that's a huge miss. But of course, the whole furore around that, there seems to be quite a clamour in Italy uh, for, for Conte to uh, return to the Italian job. Um, do you really see that happening? I've got to be honest, I, 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 don't th- I can't see him going back to that, but maybe that's me having wishful thinking. But uh, what do you think about all of that? Well, I know that you're a massive supporter of Conte, and you know, mm. last season I've got to be honest, I warmed, I warmed to what I was seeing. Um, I loved the, the warmth that was coming from him. Um, but you know, season by season, it's the same as players; things change. Um, I'm not seeing the same warmth. Um, maybe the goalposts have moved. Maybe things have happened. And, you know, everyone knows, you know, Chelsea's results have been north and south pole, and you know, some in the middle, um, but not often. It's normally one or the other. Um, and you don't, you're not necessarily seeing the same reaction, although we did against United. Um, you know, you actually feel something. But I, I knew that Chelsea would get up, get up for that game after what had gone before. They, mm. they had to, you know, two, two iffy games, three iffy games, or whatever. And uh, they had to get up for the United game. And but it was all there: the, the passion from the crowd, the uh, Conte, um, you know, Jose Mourinho, of course. Everything, all the ingredients were there for that one. Um, Conte going back to Italy, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, he's done well there. He, he, there is a clamour for him. Um, the Italian manager, you know, I mean, you wouldn't want that on your CV, and he's got it. I mean, 58, you know, um, I don't see any future in that at all. Um, and, yeah, I think Conte, why not? Um, in terms, If you're an Italian and you want to go back, I, mean, I don't, I, I can't read his mind. I don't know what state he's in. If there is a bit of a, um, a glum feeling around him or if there is a bit of doubt about what he believes at Chelsea or, or anything like that um, then I think he would go back to it at least mm. with uh, open arms although he might argue what more could he achieve they're not in a World Cup I don't, I don't know we're, we're, we're trying to double guess something that we are aren't we exactly exactly but worth worth talking about I think at any rate um, talking of other uh, news that happened whilst we've been away of course Michael Amanalo uh, announced that he was uh, standing down from his position as the technical director at the club 
now, now Mr. Mr. Emanalo has divided opinion uh, amongst Chelsea supporters from the day he arrived, I think. And he, he's been there 10 years, which in, in itself is, is quite an achievement, I think, given you know the roundabout that is Chelsea. But uh, I think a lot of us got the hump because he was kind of implicated. Well, he was brought in by Avram Grant after Mourinho got the boot first time round. And then he was seen as the man who kind of got got Wilkins out of the club and, and then Ancelotti. So, you know, he's had a pretty bad rap and he always gets the blame when transfers go wrong. But on the other hand, you could argue that he's been fairly instrumental in the success of the academy and, and, and the, the you know, the trophies that we picked up there and, and also some of the good signings that we've made. So, you know, what, what do you think his legacy will be and, and, and will he be missed, Kerry? I don't know. Um, what will his legacy be? Uh, Michael, he was a nice bloke, as far as yeah, I was concerned, on all the occasions yeah. that I met him. I heard that, that. That I met him. He was a very nice bloke and very approachable. I mean, what his role was, I don't know. Um, what is anyone's role? Uh, you know, once you start going into what, what they do, what they're meant to do, what what they're blamed for, what you know, what was his role? I'm not really sure. Um, what would his legacy be? I mean, you're going to tell me, or you've, you've just said there that Avram Grant brought him in. I, I doubt that. He might have come in under Avram Grant's reign. Um, mm. I mean, if that be the case, I don't, I, I don't know any manager that's brought anyone in. They might have expressed to the owner that this is what they require when they join as manager. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily believe that. I believe that the owner or um, people a little bit higher than the manager would be appointing staff. Um, managers will, of course, make recommendations and people above them will decide yes or no. That's the way I see things. Um, I thought he was a nice bloke. He'd done, as far as I'm concerned, a job, whatever needed to be done. And if, if his job was the buffer between, and if his job was to take some pressure and some heat, um, and he's done it quite well. Um, all I could say is you ta- I take as I find and I found him all right. Um, things go wrong at clubs and people always have got, you know, to blame someone, it seems. And supporters yeah. wanted to blame him. And Michael Emanalo seemed to be an easy target rather yeah. than look to the top or look to the manager themselves on it, on various occasions. Um, whenever there's problems at a club, it's not just the one person. It wouldn't be just the man at the top or the board or, or it wouldn't be just the manager. I, I think it'd be a combination of both. And if he was put in as a buffer... And he, to take the flat that he's done it for 10 years very well. Um, I wish him all the best. And uh, I wonder who's going to be the next Michael Emanalo because failing that, that at the moment, we've got uh, Roman or, or Antonio Conte. So at the moment, it seems to be someone in between who needs to take the flat. But the reality is everyone's trying their best for Chelsea one way or another. Not everything's going to go right all the time. Um, and we just have to all take it on the chin, I'm, I'm afraid. Mm. I mean, it's a really interesting point that actually, because I mean, I'm a, probably perhaps like you, I'm a bit old school, and I, I, you know, I can't really understand what the point of a director of football is, and I'd much rather have, uh, you know, the transfers and uh, and all of that kind of business under the under the guidance of the manager, who's the man who ultimately, you know, takes the responsibility for all of that. But on the other hand, you can see that in modern football, where there's such a high turnover of managers for one reason or another. In a sense, if you've got one person at the club who, you know, is looking after the future strategy, you know, in football in terms of the club, I can see the sense of having it. So I'm quite ambivalent about it, but it will be interesting to see who they get next, if if indeed they do get somebody. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's go back to kind of where we left things uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was we were looking forward to a, a much better performance um, against Man United. We certainly needed it after what had happened before. Uh, at Roma and and boy did the boys deliver I, I mean I, I'd say arguably that's one of the best performances if not the best performance of the season actually Kerry that, that we were so dominant against that United side I thought you took the words right out of my mouth as uh, a famous song once said and uh, <laughs> well that, that's exactly it it was the best performance of the season by, for me by a good way Tottenham away at Wembley was pretty mm. decent uh, but they had, they were arguably the better side of we got it we were resilient this was a, we were the dominant side. We played well. Um, yeah, they were all up for the game. Great atmosphere. And playing against uh, a side with uh, the stats with what's happening at the moment, one of the two main protagonists for the title, other than if you want to include us, make it three. If you want to include Tottenham, make it four. But, you know, we were looking at the two Manchester clubs. To, put, to do it against them and be that dominant, it makes, you, it, it, it makes a mockery when you think back at the games against Burnley and, you know, games like this in Crystal Palace. You know, how, how could it be? You know, because mm. we, we were excellent. I think it's really interesting actually you mentioned the Spurs game because of course there was a similarity between the United and the Spurs game and that's that we played three in midfield. And... uh you know, I actually thought that that, that in, in a sense, um, helped us to control the game. I mean, it, it also helped that United's midfield perhaps didn't turn up. But I, I did think that Kante, I mean, obviously Kante coming back was absolutely the key, as we all knew it would be. But Kante, Bakayoko and Fabregas <laughs> together, you know, looked look good. And I also thought that uh, Hazard kind of playing behind Morata work very, very well, and I thought they're striking up a, a really good relationship. But I think, you know, when you have a midfield with those three in it, it, it does allow Fabregas to, you know, not be the liability defensively that I think he can be, but allows him to do what we always say on it, nearly every show, Kerry, you know, let him do what he does best, which is to create chances for people. So 
I mean, given all of that, do you think that it, it might, a bit like last year when we went kind of, you know, 3-4-3, three, three, do you think that, that Conte may look to play this more or was it more horses for courses? Well, it's going to be horses for courses. And just because it worked against one team doesn't mean to say that you can continually change system shapes. Although we have within our structure and within the squad the ability to change shape and, you know, with different personnel playing in a different way. For example, like the two holding midfield players, like or one holding midfield player and one more advanced, or two wide players and two strikes. We've got this possibility with the personnel we have. Um, Kante coming back, you know, I laugh, you know, bringing in a defensive midfield player. I mean, Chelsea fans will, look, will knock me for saying, you know, oh, well, it's true that you, know, you always say about results and so on. He's proved it, he's come back, and we won the game. Well, it's a long season, I, could, oh, I don't want to say it, but there'll be times when I'll, I'll throw back at you lot. Um, you know, what happened next? You know, we didn't create no chances. We drew 0 or something like that. We lost one nil. Anyway, it's another story. But Kante's a good player. Don't get me wrong what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it isn't just the answer. Kante coming back and all of a sudden everything will be correct. Um, it's good for us because he's one of our better players uh, in the role that he plays. But uh, horses for courses, definitely... We need our mm. best players put on their best form and our most creative players playing well. And then we, we, we will win most games. We only win games through goals by scoring goals. And, you know, Ugaro Kante, God bless me, he, he's not going to add to that department. You might say he might add to that department in giving someone else like Fabregas the opportunity to do something else. I'll buy that. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not going to sit here and say he's got to play this system in every game because... Against other teams, that might not suit. You know, another team might be suited by it. At the moment, this season, all I can say is we haven't found the answer. We found it in certain games. Um, we haven't found it in others, and we haven't found it consistently. Last year, consistently, we we rolled things over, same shape, same team, virtually 13, 14 players, um, and it, we all know the, the outcome. This season's a little bit more difficult. We're asking a few more questions. Different personnel, players settling in. Um, back three, come four, come five, whatever you want to want to call it. Still unsettled as far as I'm concerned. Um, and there's room for improvement. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be, even begin to predict what he'll play against West Brom. What shape? What players? What team? Uh, well, I think I think. You know, absolutely. I wrote an article about it last week and I think another one for CFC UK on that very theme. And I think, you know, that's exactly... And we've said it on the show, actually, in the last few weeks. What we what we haven't seen this year is is consistency with Chelsea. But I think that there are mitigating factors in that. And I think you just mentioned a few. But, you know, if you look back to this time last year, we were playing with the same 11 every week. And, I mean, you, I don't need to tell you, you played. You know, if you're playing with the same 11 every week, you get used to each other, you settle into a rhythm and a pattern of play and, and you're more comfortable with it. And of course, if you're chopping and changing all the time, that's harder. Just to go back on Kante, I mean, one thing I would say in his defence, uh, no pun intended, Kerry, but I think what he does actually, which is perhaps a little bit unseen, is I think he absolutely brings balance to that side, both defensively and creatively, because he allows the creative players ahead of him to play with more freedom, knowing that if they lose the ball or if it gets screwed up, they've got their asses covered, basically. So I think that's why he's so crucial to the side, other than the fact that he runs around, tackles people, wins the ball and all of that. I think he actually brings a huge amount of balance to the side. I'm not going to argue with you. Um, that, that's absolutely it. Um, and that's, that is the argument. That's the crux of the argument I have with everyone, where they put in two 
holding the field players. Um, we're we taking we're taking away creativity. And if that creative player that we have, I believe we only have two real creative players in Fabregas and Hazard. Um, offensively, I think that the two wide wide boys get forward up and down the line because of their positions, uh, and they create from wide areas by by means of a cross. But in terms of creativity, Bakayoko, uh, Kante did not seem to me to be able to create a chance. They might uh, it might happen. People might say, oh yeah. But um, we go back to Claude McAuley, if you like, he's never going to create a chance when he took his when he got his goal. Eventually, it was a penalty to Bob when he missed first time, and eventually it went in. <laughs> I was um, there. <laughs> it's that type of player. Yeah, yeah, I was there as well. It's that type of player. If they give you something, it could be through someone else's um, endeavour and, and, and abilities. Um, what they will give you is that defensive cover uh, that might allow that. And I'm not going to argue with that because I, you know, it, it's so obvious. It, it, it's there to be seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you kind of have already segued into West Brom, who we've got obviously on Saturday coming up. And actually, just to re-emphasise that point about consistency, Kerry, um, this time last year, we had just played five games with the same 11. And, and actually, those five games, we all won. We were, we were kind of getting towards the middle of that 13-game unbeaten run, or, or winning run, actually, should I say. And I, and I really do think that this problem that he's had is not being able to pick a settled side. And and yet again, um, you know, thanks to the flaming international break, there's a few players that have uh, picked up knocks, I think. So I'm really wondering who's going to turn up for Chelsea, let alone which Chelsea's going to turn up. Um, I mean, I know Moses is out and Batshuayi is definitely out. He's got an ankle injury. Um, Bakayoko, Hazard and Louise all picked up knocks. But uh, I think Louise and Bakayoko are pretty much uh, OK. Hazard too, from what uh, Conte's presser said a, a, an hour ago. Um, Cahill, of course, had a knock, but he's okay and drink water too. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of the last thing we need, really. I mean, I, I really do think if, if we are going to get some consistency in the side, I, I get the feeling that Conte is going to need to to actually be able to pick a, a consistent eleven. I mean, would you agree with that? Um, yes, I mean, I agree with the consistency thing. It's proved last year, and it's proved by less than a year before, and it has been proved by good things in the past. They've actually picked themselves by one or two. Players not positions for fighting uh, for their place, but um, one thing you said about injuries and so on, uh, not to mention, uh, and I'm, I don't know whether it's to avoid controversy or whatever. But I'm not trying to be controversial. Was the omission of David Luiz for the game against United? And uh, you said about well, he's fit. Um, well, of course, we've seen David Luiz most of us this season. We've got bandage on his knee and so on. And, you know, um, with him not well, not being available, was not selected for the game. Um, created another, uh, another imponderable as to um, what we do defensively and what is the best way that will he play? Uh, you know, there's another situation there which he's going to be a watching space job, I think, um, because it's, it's a massive omission from a team that's got him behind. And without him in it, you know, we brought him back, we brought him twice. And if someone's saying somewhere along the line he's not going to be part of it or is there something else to it is he really injured should he get fit and as he be playing injured is it good enough there's all sorts of problems there so you know, that's another one for, which he didn't want Ponty uh, but it's a problem which you have to do and the other thing which uh, on the back of what you just said about West Brom how would supporters and people feel if this team don't turn up and beat West Brom I mean we beat United at home before that it was three dire performances uh, you know when you look at the European games and you look at Manchester City, you look at what's gone on before. We need, you know, you can't be beating Tottenham away, you can't be beating United at home when they're in form and then 
going to West Brom and getting beat. You know, you say which players are going to turn up. Well, I hope that the 11 that gets picked are the players that are going to turn up and beat West Brom away. Totally. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean... You know, and I, I'm going to read your mind here, Kerry, but I, I, I do this with with cheating because, you know, you say it so many times. And the bottom line is, is that whatever 11 we put out should be uh, able to beat a very poor West Brom side who are, who have not, I think they've won something like two games in their last 20 Premier League games. The fans are calling for Pulis to be sacked, you know, and they're, they're three points above or two points above the bottom three. So, you know... We should walk all over them if we are at it. But of course, the trouble is, we've seen Chelsea turn up away at Palace when they should have walked over them and, and didn't do it. And you know, we know that we know that whatever else West Brom are at the moment, Pulis will will have them organised and they'll be stubborn and they'll kick lumps out of us. And and of course, the other thing that's on the back of a lot of Chelsea supporters' minds, and I, I mean, I apologise for this because I'm sounding really doom and gloomy about this. And I, and I've just written a thing for Yahoo with the same kind of tone but uh, you know West Brom away has been a graveyard for Chelsea managers I mean both uh, Vias Boas and uh, Robbie Di Matteo both got sacked after losing to West Brom away so I don't know why but I'm I'm feeling a bit nervous about this one Well the reason obviously is, is the expectancy levels of the people at, at the club um, mm. and the expectancy levels haven't changed I wouldn't thought you know you always um as far as I'm concerned, ever since Roman's come to the club, is that for Chelsea to be one of the best clubs in the world. And that's what we strive for. He's made everything available to every manager who's been at the club to do that. Um, not necessarily always the right players, not necessarily always the right team or whatever, different players and so on. But nevertheless, um, it's been available. And it, you know, No matter what you say to uh, Antonio Conte, he's taken a squad to West Brom, who's... Um, uh, aspirations, if you like, will be well below that of Chelsea's this season or any other season for that matter. And we should be expected to beat them. And I'm, and I'm glad you, you, you can actually copy or remember the words that I say, probably because I'm going on about it every week, one way or another. <laughs> and, you know, whatever whatever eleven we put out should be good enough for beating West Brom home or away. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a player in that team. I don't think we'd get in our team. You know, we talk about Loftus Cheek playing for England. You know, we're loaning them out to Palace. And, you know, there's not a West Brom player, even in the English squad, I don't think. Yeah, Livermore. Livermore. So, right. Okay, yeah, you're right. I thought I'd get corrected somewhere along the line. Arguably, arguably arguably our our worst England player, some may say. Well, well, I'm not going to go into that one, but you you get the point. (laughs) You know, we're sending out players who supposedly, and, and not just you know, win things by your wage pay, or you don't, they've earned the right to be paid with money and to be better players and are better players. So go out and perform and be better players. And the 11 that West Brom put out, if that be the case, then we win the game. OK, mate. No time to nail our colours to the mask. How do you see it going then? Um, two one us. I, I agree with a stubborn bit. Um, I always think at the moment we haven't sorted it up totally at the back yet, and maybe they could get a goal from a set play or something. Um, but I still think we're at least one goal better. And mm. if on a going day, we're two or three goals better. Um, if it is a going day and we do perform and all the you know everyone performs to the maximum, it could be uh, two or three better. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to go for being better, and we'll do it by one. But it'll be a comfortable one. 
Mm. Well, I'm 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 inclined to agree with you. I, I really am. I think for me, the key to it will be, you know, given that they'll be stubborn and they'll be, I mean, you know, I would imagine West Brom will be bricking it. Frankly, you know, they're in real trouble and they're not going to want to lose it. So I think you might see them part the bus considerably. And I, and I I do worry, and they, they've done this before. You know, I can see them trying to kick lumps out of Hazard. So. On the one hand, I think a lot will depend on how well Hazard gets protected by the referee. And secondly, you know, how, how well he plays and how, how able he is to break them down. Because I think it's going to be a question of us having to break them down. So I don't think it will be easy, but I, I do see us winning. And, I, and I'm going to go with you, you know, 2-1. We've, we've still got an error at the back waiting to happen, I think. So um, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to say 2-1. I'm going to agree with you this week, Kerry. So why not? If I could just say something the day before we go, mm. um, I have to say, because, uh, you know, I remember the time, if it's not Hazard, he doesn't play well, two years, two years ago, um, or even last year, whatever, uh, Diego Costa would score a goal away from home, and I think it was about three or four games, or maybe more. We won one little one by John goal, and he got it. You know, if it's not a Hazard performance, and he, we need a striker or someone to get a goal, um, to beat that person and stand up and be counted. Uh, and to win a tough game away from home, if it's going to be that way. And while we're on it, I, you know, I'm quick to jump on his back. Uh, but this time, I've got to give praise. Uh, Maratta, I'm not saying he's the mm. real deal. He hasn't convinced me totally yet. But his header against, you know, it was absolutely magnificent. Um, superb header. Um, great ball in. And what a header. Proper centre-forward's header. And, I mean, I don't know how many goals he's got total, in total. But I would say it would be arguable, and you'd know better than I would, if he scored more with his head than he has with his feet. That's a good question, though. I, I, I have a suspicion you may be right. i tell you what is interesting as a stat, um, because you know I did a bit of research before I pinged off an article this week, but the corresponding fixture last year, when we came back from the international break, we played Middlesbrough away, who were in a very similar position to West Brom. And it, as I can't really remember much about the game, but I do remember it being quite scrappy and annoying. And we won 1-0. And who scored the goal? Diego Costa. And that was his 10th goal of the season. You know, which underlines the point that you've been making a lot this season, which, you know, how big a miss he really, really is. Because he would turn up in those really awkward games where basically you needed to get a result and he'd turn up with a goal. Um but I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with you about Morata. I thought that header against United was superb, and I mean we called it really early on the Chelsea fancast, and I think on this show with you, Kerry. But we, you know, were making comparisons, and the, certainly the way he plays and the way he looks to to Peter Osgood, and a lot of people are saying that. And I mean that goal reminded me of Aussie absolutely beautifully put away that was. So let's hope he does it again on Saturday, eh? Let's hope so. All right, mate. Right, it's time for us to toodle off. Um, enjoy the game wherever... Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's a three o'clock kickoff tomorrow, so it'll be pretty hard to try and find unless you can uh, find it on a dodgy stream. I didn't say that, if the lawyers are listening. Um, but nevertheless, uh, Kerry and I will be back next week to uh, give us the lowdown on that. And of course, you know, we've got a very big week coming up, actually, because we've got this uh, the Carabag match away in the Champions League next week, which is a five-and-a-half-hour plane trip out to... Uh, Azerbaijan, it's easy for me to say. And then we've got Liverpool next weekend. So, a big week coming up, isn't it, Kerry? Massive week, plenty to talk about, that's for sure. And uh, Absolutely. that Carabao yep. game is, is an important one. Um, the massive win at home for us, don't be fooled by that. The results already have, have proved that uh, it won't be a pushover. 
Mm, no, absolutely right. They've certainly upped their game since we thumped them 6-0. But anyway, we'll be talking about all of that next week and uh, keeping our fingers crossed and hoping Chelsea pull off another win tomorrow against West Brom. So until next week, uh, it's time to say cheerio to Kerry and thank you very much. Thanks, guys. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.